Welcome everyone to Founder's Journey. I don't does that suffice as an intro? I need an intro, I think. I don't know, maybe it's something with like some dubstep and some lasers or something. Uh, or maybe we don't, maybe we don't need an intro at all. Either way, I'm Josh Pigford, this is Founder's Journey, and this is another episode, and you will like it. This episode is uh, about doing uh, startup retreats, retreats for your startup, uh, business retreats, something with retreats in it. Um, and uh, I haven't figured out a title for this yet. I don't know. I've, I've been going back and forth, a guide to doing a startup retreat, uh, how to pull off a startup retreat. We'll see what sticks. But either way, this is about how we did a retreat for our startup and how you can maybe learn some stuff from that and apply it to your retreat, which you should do. And I'll explain why uh, it's a good idea. So uh, let's jump in. So in mid January, uh, as in a couple of weeks ago, uh, we did our first retreat uh, as a team as bare metrics. So we're completely remote. None of us work in the same city. We are actually spread across uh, all four U S time zones. Um, and so that being the case, this was the first time that, that most of our team uh, had, had even met each other, had done you know, anything past having a video chat with one another. Uh, I've met a couple of people, uh, a couple of people on our team before, but past that, no, nobody else on the team had met each other at all. So I'll take you through here uh, how we planned and budgeted for the trip and what we did, what worked and what didn't work. But first, let's tackle why, why do a retreat at all. So since growing uh, our team from little old me to uh, six people, um, no one else had, had, like I mentioned, had ever done more than video chatting with each other. And, and while video chats can work fine for quick conversations, uh, quick, you know, little um, chats about business, um, they don't, they don't give a great sense of, of everybody's personalities. Um, and so doing a, a retreat, let us spend a lot of time together and learn those things. So also being in one place gave us this opportunity to really brainstorm and plan out the coming months, the coming year, uh, and as well as hash out some, some bigger design and develop and marketing uh, problems. So uh, the, the purpose of so we you need to figure out the point of the trip. So why would you, why take uh, your team uh, out for a retreat anyways? So we decided for this retreat that we'd primarily use it uh, to work in the same place and tackle some projects that would just be easier uh, if we were all in the same room together. So some companies use retreats as a time to vacation together, just purely to hang out and have fun, and others use it to primarily to work. We opted to go the work route since we rarely get the opportunity to do that in the same location. So speaking of location, how do you pick where to go? I mean, you could go anywhere in the world, theoretically. So how do you pick a place? So after we made the decision to do a retreat in January, we needed to pick a location. And uh, the general consensus there was that everybody wanted a warm place. You know, it's the middle of winter. Uh, a few of us are in really cold places. So somewhere warm seemed nice. That basically left two spots, two areas, Southern California and Southern Florida. Uh, and the average temperature in both of those places in, in January is mid-70s, which is about as good as, uh, as we're going to get without leaving the country. So given, given we were doing a, a work-focused retreat, having a great location was crucial since we'd be spending so much time there. Um, the actual city was less important, though in hindsight, I should have put more emphasis on the city, uh, but we'll cover that why uh, 
why that's the case shortly. Um, but then I headed over to Airbnb and another site called HomeAway and just started digging around until I found a handful uh, of cool houses. These were, uh, you know, in Southern California and uh, Southern Florida. So uh, we, I, I found, I think, maybe four or five different places. I put it up for a vote for everybody, and we ended up picking this house in Palm Springs, California, which is, I think, about an hour and a half south east of Los Angeles. So very much Southern California. Um, so the house set us back for about $4,200 for seven nights. Um, so speaking of lodging, uh, let's talk about the place the, and not so much, not necessarily just the place that we got, but also like what makes for a, a great space. Um, and why was the house that we chose in Palm Springs useful for us? So first up, sleeping space. You need to make sure that everybody um, has has a place to sleep, so has their own bed. Uh, and if possible, it'd be ideal to give everybody their own room. So we weren't quite able to do that in the house that we chose. Everybody had their own bed, but a couple of people had to share uh, rooms. Um, but we had, it was a, a five, I think it was five bedroom is what they listed the house as. And and that was, that worked out great since we, there were six of us. Um, so fun. Uh, make sure that there are things to do around the house to blow off steam and clear your head. So this place had a, a pool, a hot tub, a pool table, a putting green, and everybody made use of those things. Lots of putting competitions and uh, just hanging hanging out around the fire pit, things like that. So um, also you need space to spread out. So even if you were doing like us, uh, and doing a work focused retreat, most people still like to have a place where they can sit down and kind of, you know, knock stuff out all by themselves. And, uh, and our rental had all sorts of places to do that where everybody kind of get off by themselves if they needed to. Um, so the weather was fantastic and we spent a lot of time uh, outside with our feet propped up, getting some work done. And then finally, a nice kitchen. So cooking was a big part of the retreat for us and was a great way for everybody to spend time together. And we had both an indoor and outdoor kitchen at this place. And we spent a lot of time, especially around breakfast and dinners, cooking. So make sure your team eats well. Don't skimp on that and buy cheap junk that, you know, I mean, after you eat that for a week, you start feeling pretty crummy. So, um, yeah, spend money to get good food. So travel, we have picked a place that we like, picked a location, um, and now we got to get everybody there. So we're spread across the U.S., and at the time, uh, we had one person in Canada. He's now actually in Colombia. Um, so figuring out all the right flights to get everybody there around the same time without spending a fortune could have been this big stressor, but as luck would have it, there's an app for that, uh, and it's called Flight Fox. And these guys handle everything for you. So we had a flight box, quote unquote, expert uh, whose name was Alex. I handed everybody, I handed him everybody's uh, city where they were coming from, where they'd be flying from. And he figured out what airlines uh, they should use and which flight times worked best. And I mean, all that stuff. And so we were all scheduled to arrive within about an hour of each other. And minus a few flight delays, we all actually arrived pretty close together. So uh, a quick breakdown of what we spent on the flights to get each, each team member out there. Um, so from Birmingham, Alabama, that was 335 bucks. Lexington, Kentucky, $664. Denver, Colorado, 491 Santa Fe, New Mexico, 411 uh, SLO, California, 327 And Vancouver in Canada was 320 And yes, 
The Canadian's plane ticket was the cheapest. <sighs> oh, well. So after we got to the airport, uh, we threw down mom style and rented a minivan, which side note, I love minivans. That set us back $418 for the week. And uh, as a team, we spent an additional about 300 bucks on taxis and airport parking and kind of things to get people to and from the airport. So total travel costs uh, were the 3,200-ish uh, for the week. So travel, uh, after travel, what's next? Eating. So how to plan for a team's food needs. So the topic of, of food and planning all of that out was initially the biggest stressor for me. We had 20 meals to plan for, which is a nightmare when you start taking into consideration food allergies and foods that people just hate. So uh, I realized I was overthinking it, though, and, and I went the other direction and went really lax with it. So we paired up everybody for dinners each night. And so if it was your night to cook, you chose the meal, and, and then we went out to eat. Uh, a couple of the nights. So dinner's solved. Then that left breakfast and lunch. And for those, we just went to the grocery store and loaded up on whatever anybody wanted. So eggs, cereal, bread, bacon, sausage, salad, fruit, vegetables, whatever. Uh, so we made a few grocery runs throughout the week to stock up uh, as needed. And it ended up being really laid back and easy. So Eric, um, one of one of the back-end engineers, um, turns out he's a fantastic cook and uh, capable of just whipping up you know, random meals out of whatever's in the refrigerator. And, and he cooked a lot of breakfast for us. So that was that ended up being really great. So uh, don't overthink it. Everybody will figure it out, though. So just go buy a bunch of random stuff from the grocery store as needed, and you'll be fine. Uh, in the end, between groceries and going out to eat, we spent uh, a little over $1,200 on food. So that averaged out to $30 per person per day. Not too shabby. Now, our, our itinerary, that's a hard word, itinerary. It's like entrepreneur. That's a hard word to say. Itinerary. So what do we, what do, what do, we do all week? How do we make the most of your time? Um, so for us, we opted to do a one-week retreat. It was a Friday to a Friday. And overall, everybody seemed pretty happy with that length of time. Uh, too much longer, and I think we would have kind of started feeling overworked, like just all being around each other all the time thinking and talking about work, uh, but then too much less. And we would have, I think, lost some of the usefulness after the hassle of, of traveling to and from the place. So, but what does, what does one do during a retreat? So having a rough idea uh, ahead of time and, and giving some high level structure goes a long way. So I, I roughly planned out each day in a morning, afternoon and evening uh, chunk or chunks, but didn't really get more granular than, than that, especially for that morning section, because, you know, you've got people, we're in four different time zones, and some people sleep in late already, and then you've got the whole time zone change. I, I think the, most mornings I was up by about five or six uh, local time, and other people might not get up until like nine or 10 local time. So, um, but day to day, most, most of each day was just us as a team working together in the same place. So mixed in there, I do uh, one on ones with, with each, uh, team member. Uh, people would take breaks and go for a swim or go to the gym. We'd talk through programming and design problems, things like that. The, the kind of stuff you do, uh, in an office setting. So, but be careful not to overschedule your time. Um, but we did have a few times scheduled out for specific things. So first off, uh, the, the, our very first full day, um, I did a, a retreat kickoff. So I, I did a short presentation, all the things that we'd accomplished in 2014, and then our goals for 2015 and how we'd reached them. And everybody jumped uh, in with questions, suggestions, concerns, and, and we hashed all that out. So doing that, I think, helped get everybody on the same page for the week ahead. 
Um, then we had a discussion time. So a couple of days in, we, we set aside one afternoon to talk out some bigger company-wide processes, uh, processes and issues. So things like figuring out a better way to handle bugs or ways to reduce distractions from Slack and how to better manage the product as a whole and Trello, things like that. Uh, we spent a couple of hours focused purely on this and got a lot of things nailed down that are getting put into practice now. Um, so uh, some things, uh, talking to a few people um, who've done retreats in the past, um, a lot of them have done these, tried to you know, hunker down and do a big project, push out by the end of the week. And, and, and initially I had, had not intended to do a big project. Uh, but early on, we realized we were really close to having our, our new forecasting feature done. And so we did, we ended up doing a one day push, um, and, and launched uh, our new, uh, revenue forecaster midweek, which you can go check out at forecast.bearmetrics.io. So, um, but I'd be careful doing a project that takes the entire week to pull off. I, I think it'd probably take away from the team as a whole, spending time getting to know each other and just hanging out because everybody's then so focused on getting this big project done by the end of the week. Uh, another thing that we did and scheduled out was uh, story time. So that sounds a little cheesy, but that's what it was. So um, each night after dinner, some someone from the team would tell their story. So this is generally this mix of their personal story along with you know, all maybe your work history of how you ended up at bare metrics, super low pressure and lighthearted. Um, and afterwards, everybody, uh, just about everybody mentioned to me that that was one of, if not their, uh, if not the favorite part uh, of the retreat for them. Uh, they felt like it helped a lot with getting to know each person. Um, so getting out of the house. So we went out to dinner one of the evenings and, uh, a few people, uh, got out to go get massages or go to the gym. Uh, but this was an area that I did a really bad job on. So it turns out Palm Springs has a lot of two things, golf courses and retirement communities, uh, neither of which are, are very appealing or useful, um, for us. So we had a really hard time finding fun things to go do. So there was a lot of me saying, Hey, what do you guys want to go do tonight? And when in hindsight, I should have done more to, to find things that would have been fun to do as a team. And then just said, Hey, we're, we're doing this and, and sort of forcing us to get out. So definitely we'll change that for next time. Um, so now we're, we are after the retreat, the retreat's over. Uh, everybody's home. I, sent a survey to everybody about what they liked and disliked, what they'd hope to see done differently next time. Uh, and there were two big takeaways from everyone. So one, uh, pick a location with more to do and then get out and go do those things. So like I, like I said, I, I didn't do a great job in this regard. I wasn't, it wasn't that I was forcing everybody to, you know, work, work, work. It's that I didn't do a good job of forcing everyone to not work. So next time we'll pick a location with more to do and, uh, and I'll make sure we actually get out and go take advantage of that. So this was our first retreat, but my hope is to do one at least every six months or so to just kind of, you know, come back and bring us around, uh, together as a, as a team, um, you know, as often as possible. Um, so the grand total for this retreat was 8750 bucks, which is kind of pricey, but we actually came in under what I had budgeted for, which was about $10,000. So uh, I think having a single house to rent instead of separate hotel rooms for everybody saved a lot of money. But uh, in the end, it was unquestionably worth the trip and, and the expense, and we'll start planning our next one soon. So 
Have you done a retreat for your startup? Uh, what worked or what didn't work for you? What questions do you have about potentially doing your own retreat for your startup? Let me know. Uh, you can shoot me an email, josh at bearmetrics.io. Speaking of Bear Metrics, that's, uh, that's the company that I'm a founder of, and this is Founder's Journey, so it's my journey building Bear Metrics. Uh, you can check out Bear Metrics at bearmetrics.io. Uh, Bear Metrics is Stripe Analytics. So if you use Stripe to, you know, accept money from people, you should check out Bear Metrics. So that's this week's uh, Founders Journey in the Bag. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, you can read this blog post uh, on bearmetrics.io slash blog. There's a whole bunch of articles there and you will unquestionably love them a lot and stuff. So, okay. That's this week's in the bag, and I'm not going to drag out the ending like I did last time. I don't think. Okay, I'm hitting stop now. Thanks for listening. Oh, ah, I keep messing this up. So, uh, iTunes. It would mean a lot if you would go and add not just a star rating, but actually add a comment as well, a review. So if you go into iTunes, you can type out a, a, a little review, just, just giving an honest um, review of it and, along with a rating. And that that uh, goes a long way. So if you could go do that, that would be awesome. If not, that's okay. We're still friends. And that's all for this week, I promise. All right. Thanks. Thanks.